This is Radio Romania International. You are listening to our one-hour broadcast in English for listeners in Western Europe and Africa. We can also be heard on the Internet at www.rri.ro channel 1. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and other social media platforms. Our programs are also available on TuneIn and via satellite Eurosat 16A on 11.512 MHz vertical polarization, azimuth 16 degrees east, symbol rate 29.950 mega symbols per second, standard DVB S2, modulation 8 PSK, audio PID 510. We wish you good reception conditions. Hello, I'm Dr. Marasmian with the news. First, the top stories. The Romanian president Klaus Johannes participates on Thursday and Friday in Brussels in the spring meeting of the European Council and in the Euro Summit in an extended format. The Romanian Prime Minister Nicolae Ciucă and the government team are today on an official visit to Chisinau to reiterate Romania's support for Moldova's European accession efforts. And the Romanian Foreign Minister Bogdan Aurescu is on an official visit to the United Kingdom of Great Britain and Northern Ireland at the invitation of his counterpart James Cleverly. Romania's President Klaus Johannes is participating on Thursday and Friday in the spring meeting of the European Council and in the Euro Summit in an extended format hosted by Brussels. According to the presidential administration, they will tackle the situation in Ukraine, especially food security and the reconstruction process, climate change and measures to achieve the Sustainable Development Goals. We must be united on the side of Ukraine. We must be in solidarity with Ukraine. We must help Ukraine with everything we can. It is very important that Ukraine has a strong position and that we can do many things, said the Romanian president in a press conference before the start of the Council. There will be other extremely important topics, President Johannes added, related to the economy, the single market and competitiveness. They will discuss the best methods to prevent the deindustrialization of Europe and the energy issue, as well as the situation of the Republic of Moldova, which will receive substantial additional aid from the EU. On a visit to Chisinau, accompanied by several ministers, the Romanian Prime Minister Nicolae Ciucă had talks with the President of the Republic of Moldova, Maya Sandu, and with the Prime Minister Dorin Recan. The meetings focused on issues related to the accession of the state to the EU, the way in which the Republic's economy can develop, the path to democratic reforms, and the situation in the area in the context of the conflict in Ukraine. The leader from Chisinau thanked Romania for the support provided for the population and the economy of Moldova to get through the complicated winter caused by an exponential increase in energy and gas costs and through the acute lack of supply of these resources, in particular following the interruption of supply by Gazprom for several months. Prime Minister Nicolae Trucker thanked in turn for the decision of the Moldovan parliament to adapt the legislation in accordance with the decision of the Constitutional Court, 
respectively to grant the Romanian language the status of official language in the Republic of Moldova, consolidating the security environment in the Republic of Moldova and ensuring the resources to combat any form of destabilization of this country is a priority for Romania. Prime Minister Nicolae Ciuca also said during the discussions with Dorin Recan. Romania is our advocate in all European institutions, therefore we can advance on our European path, said the Moldovan Prime Minister. During the meetings, the implementation stage of the support program for the Republic of Moldova was presented, financed with 100 million euros by the government of Romania. In this sense, the Romanian Prime Minister announced the release of the first tranche worth 25 million euros of this program. The Romanian Foreign Minister Bogdan Aurescu is on an official visit to the UK at the invitation of his counterpart, James Cleverly. The two officials will discuss bilateral strategic partnership relations, as well as international developments, with an emphasis on the war in Ukraine, the situation in the Republic of Moldova, the relations between the EU and the UK, and cooperation within NATO. On Wednesday, Minister Bogdan Aurescu had a meeting with the UK Secretary of State for Defense, Ben Wallace, with whom he discussed, among other things, bilateral cooperation in the field of defense and within the North Atlantic Alliance, with an emphasis on the stability and security of the Black Sea. On the sidelines of the visit, the heads of the Romanian and British diplomacies will sign the updated Joint Declaration of the Strategic Partnership between Romania and the UK and will open the first edition of the Romania-UK Bilateral Forum. France is almost blocked today on the ninth day of national mobilization against the pension reform, with a general strike in many areas and street demonstrations announced in almost 300 localities. The trade unions and the opposition want to force the French government to withdraw the law it has just adopted, which provides for the increase in the retirement age from 62 to 64 years old. On Wednesday, President Emmanuel Macron said that the reform was an unfortunate necessity to protect the pension system and that he accepted its unpopularity. The first feature film of the Romanian director Alexandru Belk, Metronom, will be screened on Friday at the Muranov Cinema in Warsaw, the film represents Romania at the Francophone Film Festival in Poland, which takes place between March 22nd and 26th in Warsaw. And that's the news from Bucharest Read Romania International. The government stepped in to mitigate the crisis in the country's vehicle insurance market after Eurowinds was wound up. I'm Ana Maria Popescu with more in this commentary written by Roxana Vasile. The Romanian Finance Ministry made public a draft resolution capping and freezing the price of third-party liability insurance policies for six months. This is the temporary solution identified by the Financial Supervisory Authority, the ASF, after withdrawing the license of Eurowins, an insurer that held one-third of the country's relevant market. The decision was made in order to protect car owners from skyrocketing prices, in an attempt to avoid a crisis similar to the one witnessed two years ago, when another company, City Insurance, also a market leader at the time, 
ended up in the same situation. The finance minister, Adrian Căciu. There will be a government resolution in this respect, and I expect it to pass next week at the latest. This resolution aims at protecting consumers temporarily, enabling the ASF to come up with an action plan so that at the end of this intervention, the market may function to the benefit of consumers. The resolution on freezing the price of third-party liability insurance policies will take effect five days after its publication in the official journal. Specifically, insurance companies will be bound to keep policy prices at the level reported for March 1, 2022, provided that that level is below the current one, in which case the lower price will apply. The explanatory memorandum to the draft government resolution includes data illustrating the disrupting impact of the previous incident on the market. In 2022, prices for individual consumers went up by an average one-third compared to the previous year. But if we compare the average figures for February 2023 with the first half of 2021, that is, before City Insurance lost its license, prices went up 98%. The head of the Competition Council, Bogdan Kiritsoyo, warns, however, that during the six months when the capping applies, measures must be taken to ensure the third-party liability insurance market functions properly. In his opinion, there are well-known flaws in the relevant legislation which need addressing, but tackling them requires courage. One of these is that the insurer has to cover the costs of repair works regardless of the prices charged by automobile repair shops. Another is that current regulations fail to set reference levels for the elements on which policy prices are based. Bogdan Kiritsoyo also said that the Competition Council has issued the largest number of fines against insurance companies, most recently in December, and that all the companies selling third-party liability insurance policies have been fined a combined 20 million euros. The Romanian army plans to purchase modern equipment. I'm Mihala Ignatescu with more in this report by Bogdan Matei. A key actor on NATO's eastern flank bordering the Black Sea and neighboring Ukraine, currently invaded by Russian troops, Romania is forced to manage a very complicated security equation. Moreover, not being one of the most robust economies in the North Atlantic Alliance, the country must carefully manage the money allocated to this sector. The NATO report for 2022, presented this week by the Secretary-General Jens Stoltenberg, places Romania in 11th place out of 30 allied countries, with an allocation of 1.75% of the GDP for the defence sector. Of different political colours, the coalition governments in Bucharest in previous years gave the army and other four structures 1.86% of the GDP in 2021, just over 2% in 2020 and 1.84% in 2019. The NATO member states have repeatedly pledged to use 2% of the GDP for military spending, but this threshold has been exceeded only by seven of the Allies. 
The Romanian Ministry of National Defense requested the Parliament's approval for the acquisition of new weapon systems, howitzers, air-to-air missiles and combat vehicles. These endowment programs are part of a broader objective of transforming the Romanian army until the year 2040. Their role is to create flexible and modern force structures, with means to ensure their survival in the tactical field, mobility and knowledge of the extended situation, and an increased firepower, the ministry's request reads. The United Permanent Bureaus of the two chambers of the Romanian Parliament decided to forward the request to the Parliamentary Defence Committees, where, according to the press in Bucharest, it is almost certain that they will receive a favourable opinion. The endowment programs, military experts say, also consider the operationalization of the targets assumed by Romania within NATO and the European Union. The Army's shopping list includes modern equipment, and the total value of the endowment program is estimated at 4.2 billion euros. For a country far from having solved many of its economic and social emergencies, the procurement of armament for the Romanian army seems very expensive. But security itself costs money, and sociological research confirms that the population understands this truth. Our latest polling shows that 82% of people across the 30 NATO allies believe it is important that North America and Europe work together for shared security. And 61 agree that NATO membership makes an attack from a foreign nation less likely. NATO has enabled Europe and North America to live in peace for almost 75 years, but today's world is as dangerous as at any time since the Second World War, the NATO Secretary-General Jens Stoltenberg said in his annual report. That was Radio Newsreel. Time now for Hit of the Day on Radio Romania International. Listen to Ioana Ignat and Emilian with their latest single, titled My World. Iacutine o valiză coală Unde să ne punem amintiri Fost bacajul că plecăm diseară Către nu știu ce va fi Am găsit biletele uitate În noptieră lângă pat Le cumpărasem în liceu Dar nu știu ce s-a întâmplat Mai uitat, te-am uitat, amândoi am plecat, ne-am văzut de drum Am realizat tot ce-a fost după tine N-a fost de ajuns de bun Am alergat, am desfărcit Am obosit, m-am oprit Și iată mă aici în fața ta Spune-mi vrei să fii tu lumea mea Am alergat, am desfărcit Dar uite că eu te-am găsit Nu te mai las să pleci din viața mea Spune-mi dacă vrei să fii tu Și iată mă aici un fan 
și în fața ta spune vrei să fii tu lumea mea Am alergat la nesfârșit Dar uite că eu te-am găsit Nu te mai las să pleci din viața mea spune dacă vrei să fii tu lumea mea You are listening to Radio Romania International Traveler's Guide Welcome to Traveler's Guide. Your host this week is Eugen Nasta. The interest has been growing in Romania for the old noble residences in recent years. Whether we speak about the increasing number of those who are anxious enough to set about roaming the villages in search of old manor houses, or whether it's about the entrepreneurs who embark themselves upon the adventure of restoring such buildings to their pristine beauty, a trend can be noticed whose widening scope targets the rediscovery of Romania's out-of-town nobles' castles and residences. If we take into account the built cultural heritage market, Romania has a very great advantage, or at least that's what the president of the RK Association, Alina Kichudan, says. We have natural landscapes with absolutely unique anthropic elements. The people I meet belong to the category of tourists who are in search of something a little bit more than the star monuments. Were we a standard tourism agency, we would most likely visit Bucharest, we would take a one-day trip somewhere on the Prahova Valley, ticking the Brown Castle, the Pelesh Castle and, if the case, the Danube Delta, if we had enough time on our hands. Instead, we offer authentic experiences, which means that, if we also head from Bucharest to the north, we can have a stopover at the Cantacuzino estate in Florești. Located nearby Ploiești, it is an impressive estate with a surface area of 150 hectares. It is a former hunting park with a promenade park, a main building and the outhouses. There, we would not visit the place only. We would not just take a walk around the beautiful estate. The tourists can get to know members of the local community, children and youngsters in the commune, where they turn up every week, whenever an activity is in place, staged by the foundation that manages the estate, and that is how they can have the chance to discover the real Romania and can make the most of the freshness of ideas of those who have been living in the rural regions all their life and whose connection with nature is different. They have a different angle of seeing things. I think it is the most beautiful and the most rewarding experience in tourism. Many times I have been asked to offer such experiences, mainly by our partners in Europe. In northeastern Romania's Yash County, there is the Tsibanesht commune. Here we have an architecture monument that stands out, which was built in the early 19th century. It was erected by the Karp family of Boyas, hailing from the Baltic countries and settling there in the 16th century. It is another place where becoming familiar with the heritage ties in with the journey into the local craftsmen's fascinating universe. Here is the president of the RK Association, Alina Kichudan, once again. 
acolo, an de an, tot așa partenerii și prietenii noștri care organizează evenimente acolo, fac o școală de vară. There, year after year, friends and partners of ours stage events, organize a summer school and have a complete multi-annual program under the heading We Strike the Iron at the Manor House. Were we to go there, we would most likely meet craftsmen who do their work proper so we can have the fully-fledged experience of that. It is an experience where we can see the craftsman in his workshop and then we can have the chance to see that some of the elements there are little by little integrated into the process of the building, which is a historical monument. Hopping from one part of Romania to the other, to southern Transylvania's Aposh locality, tourists who come with their families can write the names of their children themselves on a tile manufactured by a traditional craftsman. We have a great many options. The thing is to seek that particular sort of activity, which has been more and more appreciated. Through the arch over time, connecting those who have always lived like that to today's tourists, truly beautiful and rewarding things can come out of that, especially for the younger generation. The RK Association is a non-governmental, non-profit organization carrying research, preservation, highlighting and promotion activities for the cultural heritage. As part of this organization's activity, the only program has been developed for the rediscovery of Romania's less well-known castles under the heading Castle Break. It happened ten years ago. At present, the big tourism agencies try to integrate those monuments, some of them being refurbished, in the packages they offer to their clients. Actually, the profile of the tourists has changed throughout the years, says the president of the RK Association, Alina Kichudan. What I can say, though, at least as far as the post-pandemic period of time is concerned, is that people no longer seek a purely aesthetic discovery. They also want to leave their mark on the beautiful spot they've reached. Last year, even two years ago, we came up with many such initiatives so that the tourists can become a gardener for a whole afternoon after we'd got the required approvals. Works in a historical garden. That cannot be done by just anybody, so the experience is all the more precious given it complies with all the procedures and standards in place. Therefore, in autumn and spring, we plant, we clean a garden, and we are aware our presence and visit on the premises will surely be felt there and are there to last. That's where the beauty of the heritage lies. Once you arrive in such a place, you realize you have hundreds of years of work in front of you, of work whose progress has been achieved little by little in the build-up to the estate or the monument you hit upon. So what we have here is a kind of involvement tourism, while foreign tourists search for that in particular. And that was Traveller's Guide. Coming up next... Generation 3.0 Welcome to Generation 3.0 with me, Lacramiara Simeon. Today's program features Camille Burilla, a France, a medical student at the Grigorete Popa University of Medicine and Pharmacy in Yash. Camille Burilla 
is the president and founding member of the Medical Association of Francophone Students in Yash, which recently, between March 8th and 12th, organized in the Moldavian city for the first time in Romania, the first International Francophone Congress of Medicine and Odontology addressed to students and young doctors. This event was a great success. More than 905 students from all over Romania and from other countries, such as France, have participated. There were 209 speakers from our university and from 17 other countries who participated in over 280 scientific activities. Some incredible activities took place, such as simulations with firefighters, with those from Mobile Emergency Service for resuscitation and extrication, with Professor Dr. Carmen Diana Cimpoieșu and with the helicopter, as well as new activities for Romania, with world-renowned specialists such as conferences and workshops on medical hypnosis or hyperbaric medicine. We also celebrated the 15th anniversary of the French language section of University of Medicine and Pharmacy of Yash, as well as the 30th anniversary of Romania's membership to the International Organization of La Francophonie. This event benefited from the support of the Presidential Administration of Romania and that of the College of Physicians from Romania, which awarded 22 EMC credits to all the participants, to the physicians. The purpose of this Congress was to promote the La Francophonie, to allow students to benefit from exceptional conferences and workshops, as well as to motivate students to constantly improve themselves and, above all, to be grateful to their adopted country, said Camille Burila. The Congress also aimed at promoting the Romanian cultural and gastronomic heritage. In this sense, on March 10th, at a national opera in Yash, the performance The Merry Widow by Franz Lear, directed by the famous Romanian director Andrei Sherban, was presented with subtitles in French. The performance was followed by a tasting of local products at the Rosette Rosnovano Palace, the current headquarters of the city hall in Yash in which all the international guests of the Congress participated. The event ended with a charity gala on March 11th, at which 100,000 lei were collected for the benefit of the Parada Foundation, which works with street children and youth in Bucharest. The gala in Yash was attended by personalities from the cultural, academic, and even political fields, representatives of the International Organization of La Francophonie, have the University Agency of La Francophonie and diplomatic representatives of some French-speaking countries. The Medical Association of Francophone Students in Yash was founded in 2018 by Camille Burila, together with several colleagues, and aims to help Francophone students integrate more easily into the Yash University environment. And that's all from Generation 3.0. Next in this program... Sports. Welcome to Sports Flash. I'm Ana Maria Popescu. The Romanian tennis player Sorana Kirsta started off on the right foot at the WTA 1000 tournament in Miami. In the first round, she defeated Fernanda Contreras Gomez of Mexico 7-6-6-2. In the next round, she will take on number four in the world, Caroline Garcia of France, 
whom she defeated last week in the Indian Wells 8th Finals 6-4-4-6-7-5. Also on Wednesday, Anna Bogdan lost to the U.S. player Robin Montgomery 3-6-6-3-6-3. In the first leg of the playoffs for the Men's Handball Champions League quarterfinals, Dinamo Bucharest played at home against the German side THW Kiel. The guests won 41-28, the harshest defeat for the Romanian champions this season. The second leg is scheduled next Wednesday in Kiel. The qualifying team will be facing the French side Paris Saint-Germain in the quarterfinals. CSM Lugos lost the second leg of the Women's Volleyball Challenge Cup final against the Italian side Chieri. The Italians won in Timisoara on Wednesday 3-0, the same score reported at the end of the first leg in Turin as well. CSM Lugos was the third Romanian team to reach the finals of the Challenge Cup after CSM Bucharest, which won the trophy in 2016, and Volley Alba Blaj, which lost the final in 2021. For CSM Lugos, this was the best season in history, the Challenge Cup final adding to their winning the Romanian Cup Winners' Cup. And we wrap up today with basketball. UBT Cluj-Napoca Wednesday lost at home to Ukraine's Prometheus Lobozhanske 96-87 in the last match at home in the EuroCup Group A. Irrespective of the result of the last match against the German side Ulm, the Romanian champions will remain ninth in the group and only the top eight teams in each group qualify into the round of 16. This has been our sports segment today. Don't forget that you can also follow our sports news and comments online at rri.ro and on Facebook. You are listening to Radio Romania International. Next up in this broadcast, it's Music of Romania. Welcome. I'm Lukamera Simeon with spring songs from around Romania and Moldova. The spring equinox has just occurred in Romania and throughout the Northern Hemisphere on March 20th, 2023. The day and night have become equal and the day will gradually increase. Once spring is fully established, we thought of bringing you today several songs inspired and dedicated to this season. For starters, listen to a young singer, Stefania Nicoleta Pârlea, a representative of the central area of Romania at the interference of Turnav with Sibiu. Listen to her performing the song Candy Spring, taken from the repertoire of Lucrezia Ciobanu. <laughs> La 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 la
coada pe subraz, astupând cărările, înghețând izvoarele. La 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 Și el să zică să ne pară ziua mică La 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 Next, we invite you to listen to the Pleyeshi Men's Traditional Music Ensemble set up by choreographer and folklore researcher Nicolae Gribincha on January 15, 1989 within the Republican Palace of Children and Adolescents from Chisinau, the Republic of Moldova. They will now be performing a song from their latest CD released two years ago. Next, listen to Liliana Onchoyu, a native of Brasov County, Shirnea Village. Let's listen to her with the song The Spring Wind is Blowing. Thank you. 
artist we invite you to listen to today is the late Liviu Vasiligo, one of the most interesting performers of Telorman County in the south. Listen to him performing the song In My Dear Telorman. Queen of traditional music, Irina Login continues her career with enthusiasm, being very active. She was born in Prahova County in the commune of Guravitiwari in the south and fell in love with folklore as a child. She has a vast repertoire consisting of folk songs, romances and party songs. In the end of today's music of Romania, listen to her with the song Spring Little Bud. Și noapte nu-mi dă pace o fost Eu nu vreau, dar el mă face Să iubesc pe cine-mi place Cine-mi place e departe Gura lumine desparte Fir de lămâiță, neică, neiculiță Eu cu dorul meu te aștept Să se audă îndepărtare Din câmpie până la 
Sunt și oară, dor de primăvară Să-mi aduci în drag pe necuța drag Living Romania You are listening to Radio Romania International. Coming up next on Radio Romania International. In the spotlight. Hello, this is Daniel Bills at the microphone welcoming you to a fresh edition of our weekly feature in the spotlight, which, as usual, brings you the latest in Romania's international life. The government of Romania, through the Department for Community, Social Responsibility and Vulnerable Groups, the Senate of Romania and the International Justice Mission Foundation, in late March this year, staged an international conference entitled Common Challenges and New Perspectives in Fighting Trafficking in Persons. During the conference, the challenges and specific measures taken at the European level to combat the risks related to cross-border and national human trafficking, as well as amid displaced persons from Ukraine, were analysed. The high-level meeting held in Bucharest built a platform for dialogue and collaboration between Romanian and European institutions and representatives of civil society gathered around a common objective, combating cross-border human trafficking and finding solutions for criminalizing the demand and combating technology-facilitated trafficking in human beings. In the context in which the European Commission is preparing a new directive on the fight against human trafficking, the conference aimed at identifying real and applied options on regulating and strengthening the mechanisms for the identification, accountability and criminalization of clients who use the services of victims of human trafficking, regulation and intervention in situations of recruitment and exploitation of victims in the online environment, preventing and combating human trafficking in the context of the Ukrainian refugee crisis. One of the panelists in the aforementioned conference was the US Chargé d'Affaires David Muniz, who first gave assurances that the U.S. Embassy is committed to continue working with its Romanian and international partners to better combat human trafficking and support victims of this heinous crime. Thank you to everyone who's participating here today, um, but particularly as well to the International Justice Mission, whose presence here today uh, testifies, I think, to their dedication as an organization fighting human trafficking and hopefully to the U.S. government's dedication in supporting those organizations that are most effective at fighting human trafficking, which IJM certainly is. The embassy and the U.S. And the United States government has continued 
uh, committed to continue working with our Romanian and international partners to better combat human trafficking and support victims of this heinous crime. And we frequently speak about it, as you know. But I'm particularly enthusiastic about joining the panel today on tech-facilitated trafficking, which is a fast and insidiously growing trend. Understanding the urgency of addressing this threat, U.S. President Joe Biden recently established new interagency task forces to monitor and combat trafficking and to address online harassment and abuse. These task forces are exploring ways to strengthen anti-trafficking policies and laws, including studying the escalating phenomenon of tech-facilitated trafficking. Here is more from the U.S. Chargé d'Affaires, David Muniz. As with all forms of transnational crimes, this tech-facilitated trafficking is a global challenge and can only be eradicated through our combined and coordinated efforts. Understanding the urgency of addressing this threat, President Biden recently established new interagency task forces to monitor and combat trafficking and specifically to address online harassment and abuse. These task forces are exploring ways to strengthen anti-trafficking policies and laws, including studying the escalating phenomenon of tech-facilitated trafficking and how we can also harness technology to impede and stop it. We already know that traffickers use social media to find and exploit individuals in vulnerable situations. They advertise fake job opportunities, they use encrypted apps to communicate, they share sexually explicit digital content, and live stream abuse. They also use ride sharing apps to arrange travel and maintain control over victims' movements and to move criminal transactions through anonymized financial platforms and then to use digital surveillance to further monitor their victims. Criminals are using a whole array of technology to traffic people, sometimes without ever having to physically connect with them. According to the U.S. Chargé d'Affaires, technology nowadays presents us with new and innovative tools to disrupt and combat trafficking. At the same time, technology presents us with new and innovative tools to disrupt and combat this trafficking. In the United States, our new National Anti-Trafficking in Persons Action Plan includes several priority actions to use technology to tackle trafficking and to protect victims. For example, U.S. government agencies are partnering with the tech companies themselves to locate vulnerable children who are missing from the foster care system, many of whom, as you know, wind up as victims of trafficking. Government agencies are working with social media companies to identify barriers and solutions related to voluntary reporting of suspected human trafficking on those platforms. Recently, the United States intelligence community built a collaborative interagency platform to gather and share relevant intelligence from federal, state, local, and even tribal law enforcement on the use of advanced technologies like the dark web, cryptocurrencies, and anonymous payment platforms that facilitate trafficking. These new tools are not only significantly enhancing agents' effectiveness and efficiency, but they are also saving lives. And these emerging technologies are also facilitating outreach to local communities, schools, and the private sector to educate people on how to recognize and protect themselves against possible trafficking. And this, along with other existing U.S. government tools, like the StreamView, which is a live investigation tool developed by the Department for Homeland Security, allows agents to streamline their investigative processes and better aggregate huge amounts of raw data. These new tools 
are not only significantly enhancing agents' effectiveness and efficiency, they are also saving lives. To date, this technology has contributed to dozens of rescued victims, arrests, and new case leads. These emerging technologies are also facilitating outreach to local communities, schools, and to the private sector to educate people on how to recognize and protect themselves against possible trafficking. Victims advocates and service providers are using these new technologies to perform trainings and share best practices across borders to help victims and their families rebuild their lives after suffering trauma. It is essential that governments continue to partner with civil society and the private sector and that we all continue to work together to share information and best practices to find creative solutions to prevent, protect and prosecute this crime. Here is the Chargé d'Affaires, David Muniz again at the microphone. Experiences in both of our countries have shown that governments cannot tackle these issues alone. Combating tech-facilitated trafficking requires the combined efforts of international partners, communities, NGOs, churches and houses of worship, companies, and governments. It is essential that governments continue to partner with civil society and the private sector, and that we all continue to work together to share information and best practices to find creative solutions to prevent, protect, and prosecute this crime. I'll end here by congratulating the organizers again for addressing such an important issue. The refugee crisis and worrying trends in online abuse during the COVID pandemic are teaching us lessons about how human traffickers can take advantage of breakdowns, conflicts, and crises to recruit and exploit victims. Collaborations like ours here today are critical for shaping our understanding of how traffickers adapt and abuse technology. They're also an opportunity to reflect on how we can take full advantage of technology and the ways it can help us prevent and respond to this threat. Thank you. It is imperative to maintain our firm commitment to fighting against this scourge and having the ability, availability and courage to address this problem on all three levels. Prevention, combat of human trafficking and protection of the victims, Romanian Prime Minister Nicolae Ciuca said during the same conference. And that was our weekly feature in the spotlight. Focus on Romania. Coming up next on Radio Romania International. Simply Folk. Today's edition of Simply Folk features Ion Cristoreanu, born in Cluj County, Central Romania. He was a member of the famous Ciocarlia Ensemble with which he toured the country and the world. To honor his memory, an annual male singing contest is held every year, which promotes the young talents interested in preserving old Romanian traditional songs. So to end this broadcast on Radio Romania International, here is Ion Cristoreanu with a tune from his native region. Ai clujule voras cu dor nu mă stimpăr Ai clujule voras cu dor nu
Mijlocul primăverii Un florit Meri și that our broadcast in English for listeners in Western Europe and Africa has come to an end. You can listen to our next program for Western Europe at 1800 hours UTC on 7350 kHz in the DRM system and on 9770 kHz in analog system. Listeners in Africa can receive our programs tomorrow at 1200 hours UTC on 17800 kHz. We can also be heard on the internet at ri.ro channel 1. If you have any comments or suggestions, please write an email at engl at ri.ro. Goodbye.